On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. For 40 days after his resurrection, Jesus presented himself to many different people. The disciples are at the Sea of Tiberias. They stand and they consider the calm waves and the blue water. And then Peter says, I'm going to go fishing. All right. uh, Have a good time. We'll go with you. I really don't want to go. Well, come along anyway. The group of disciples grab a boat from the shore and they drag it to the surf. Thomas reluctantly tags along. Every disciple steps in, causing the boat to wobble slightly. They push off from shore and once they reach the middle of the Sea of Tiberias, James and John release the net, letting it sink. They wait all night, occasionally checking the net, but to no avail. Early in the morning before daybreak, they check the nets again, but it is completely devoid of life, fish or otherwise. And as the day is breaking, the group of disciples see a man standing on the shore. Seeing the man, Peter remembers the day that Jesus had called him to follow and obey. Jesus had stood on the shore watching him, just as this man is. And then the man called to them, Children! Do you have any fish? Everyone looks at each other. No. Try casting the net on the right side of the boat. Then you will find some. There is something hauntingly familiar about this moment. They cast the net and soon they are unable to haul it in because it is so full of fish. John squints at the man on the shore and he slowly connects the dots in his mind. He knows that voice, but how? It's the Lord. It's him. Hello, hello. Let's go to him. Come on. The disciples desperately row towards the shore, dragging the heavy net behind them. And when they step out on the land, they see Jesus, legs crossed, watching them with a smile on his face. On the blazing fire, fish and bread are laid out. Breakfast is cooking. Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. They drag the miraculously unbroken net over to the fire. The disciples count the fish, finding 153 of them in the net. Come and have breakfast. The disciples gather around the fire, sitting on the sand, content to simply be in the presence of Jesus again. Jesus lifts the fish and the bread from the fire and he hands it out, one to each of the disciples. It is now the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit is sent from heaven to join the world. It is the day after Jesus had ascended into the sky and back into heaven to meet his father. His disciples witnessed when Jesus had miraculously floated into the infinite blue, arms held wide as his disciples watched. The 12 apostles were gathered together and they were talking, discussing lightheartedly everything that had happened. They had watched Jesus ascend into heaven. They had added a 12th member to their group of apostles and they no longer felt the weight of pain at the death of Jesus and seemingly the loss of all things to evil. 
Though they were sad that Jesus had to leave, they had hope and joy easily outweighing their sadness. Suddenly, there was a whistling sound of wind that began to fill the room, like wind when it's blowing through trees, and it continued to get louder and louder. Their hair whipped around uncontrollably as they tried to look at each other with confusion, wondering what is going on. Who left the door and windows open? Philip was the last one in the house. I made sure I closed it behind me. And the windows are always open to let in the breeze and cool it off in here. What's happening then? Is there a storm approaching? A bundle of small red-orange flames appear, gathering near the ceiling. The flames stay there for a moment, and then they separate, and they fly to rest above each of the apostles' heads. Oh, what do we do now? What are these? James looks up at the flame above his head, swatting at it, oblivious to the wide-eyed stares that surround him. Wait, say that again. Huh? You just spoke another language. Yeah, somehow I was still able to understand what he was saying too. What? How are you doing that? You just spoke two languages. Were you already bilingual? No, I only know Aramaic. I don't know how I'm speaking all these languages. And how are we able to understand you even when you do speak the other language? The sounds are amazing in this moment of history. The group is talking rapidly at the same time, each in a different language, and everyone understanding each other. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong or way off base, but I think it's the Holy Spirit. This must be the promise that Jesus was talking about the other day. It's arrived. And it's allowing us to speak different languages. Let's go share this with the people. Andrew and Thomas are correct. The Holy Spirit helped them speak in different languages. But what they did not realize is that the Holy Spirit had filled each and every one of them for the rest of their days. The apostles run out of the house into the marketplace where people of many tribes and languages meet and shop. The group eagerly starts talking to these strangers with success, able to fluidly switch from one language to another. A crowd gathers around them, astonished by their ability to speak multiple languages. Aren't all these people speaking Galilean? How do they have that ability to speak in every other language so we all hear our own? What does this mean? Uh, You ask me, I'd say they'd had too much wine. (laughs) That death of the Nazarene must have done a number on them. (laughs) They've all drunk themselves into delirium. (laughs) People, listen. If you give me your attention, I can explain this. Now, listen carefully. We're not drunk, as many of you believe. After all, it's only nine in the morning. Drinking at this hour? Uh, Ridiculous. Rather, this is what was told by Joel. He said, in the last days, God said he will pour his spirit out on all people. That's what happened here. God poured out his spirit on us. That is why we're able to speak in all different languages and each of you are able to understand us. The crowd looks at Peter and the apostles and they are filled with an awe of God. Fellow Israelites, I tell you confidently that David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, He spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. See, God has raised Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. 
exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. So let all of Israel know this. God has made Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. What are we supposed to do with this information? Repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus. Do this for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. This promise is for everyone, whether Jew or Gentile. Many people were saved on that day of Pentecost, and from that day on until today, hope flourishes because Jesus is alive. He died, he was buried, and he is resurrected as our King, our Savior, and our Lord. And our hope remains and grows because the Holy Spirit is here on earth, guiding us, leading us, convicting us of sin, speaking to our hearts the words of the Father, and leading us to follow Jesus every single day. In Psalm 68, it was foretold that Jesus would ascend back into heaven, saying, You ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train, receiving gifts among men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell there. And in the Bible, in Joel chapter 2, the arrival of the Holy Spirit was prophesied. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my Spirit. In Fulfillment is an audio drama that shares the prophecies about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. This episode of In Fulfillment is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul.